eating random people's takeout. Uh, this is, <clears throat> wow, I'm not even going to try. I was going to bring us into the podcast there, but then my voice cracked, so I gave up. It's not an excuse for stealing somebody's takeout, but this is episode 65 of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast, going live April 16th, 2023. My name's Blind, and I'm hosting. Did you miss me? And uh, Bellinair is here. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm on a vacation. It's been nice. Hell yeah. Hope that you've had a great vacation so far. And FG Squared is also present in the Discord call. How are you? I am. I am present. I'm here. Hello. Um, You know, it's it's Friday, so tired because it's friday but pretty good pretty good why, why are fridays tiring is it just like it's the last day of your week it's the last or... day of the week yeah and and lex obviously has to like because my so my alarm goes off every day at like during the week at six because lex's work and stuff like that so it's just tiring because i never really get enough sleep um because i need so much sleep and then by friday it's like I need to sleep 12 hours this night because I'm old and decrepit. So, yeah. But it's okay. I'm, I'm here. I've had coffee today and I'm good. I'm good to go. Good to go. And good good to record. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, I'm just like... in. I've been in this weird kind of fugue state for the past few weeks where it's just been very difficult for me to be productive. I think it's just like this time of year for me I, I think i should just take most of spring off every year like and just do what bellinger's yeah, doing that's why I'm because <laughs> I, there's something about this time of year where i can't work properly yeah, same. Mm. it's always been like that for me as well like school and everything i was like spring is like useless and then i usually like at the university i did a lot of uh, summer classes because of that and i just didn't do anything in the springtime mm. just leave it all until afterwards yeah. just, just do but it for later. some reason like the summer i'm like super uh, filled with energy so i did like a year's worth of studies in in the summer so i could like uh-huh. skip the rest of the year more or less <laughs> did all of high school in one summer <laughs> also I, I felt like the classes during uh, like a summer like summer classes were much better than the normal classes uh, like in normal school time like just more like concentrated and like to the point uh, mm. so it was easier to just also like churn out like a enough uh, classes uh, so you mean like it was like a two-week, three-week course at best, and you just go in every day and then just bang yeah, it out yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like those too. They're nice. You just get everything. You just go in for like a week or two weeks straight, and then you're done with it, and then you just do it again for the next, for another thing. I did that for a whole bunch of language classes. Mm. It's a bit hard because you go from like zero to like, you know, A1 level, but... um you can actually do it. It's surprising how much you learn, and then you're done with it, and then you don't have to do it ever again, and you can forget it all. Yeah, it was also like a. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's hard to get to some of the classes during normal times because there's just so many people up trying to get in, so there's just not room. Mm, yeah. Uh, and during the summer classes, you have to pay a little, so there's a lot, lot less people trying to get in. So you just get to whatever you want. To... Uh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't like that for me. Luckily, luckily the archaeology department at my university wasn't like super big i mean technically like all of the seminars had like a maximum of like 25 people but like there weren't that many options so they were like well yeah there we have no options we're missing literally one professor we're just gonna 
yeah, just come on in and yeah, we can only we can only do so many presentations. So uh thirty percent of you do a presentation, that's all we have time for, and the rest just write papers. So it was pretty pretty chill in that regard. Yeah, ours was very, very <laughs> chill as well. And we had like a lot of freedom what to study as well. It's like like maybe like a half of the required classes are like you need to do this and this and this, but then like the other half is like yeah, do whatever you want, basically. Whatever, like, uh, supports mm. uh, the, the field of archaeology you want to do. Yeah, yeah, same, same. There's a lot of random things. Oh, you want to you wanna do some practical archaeology and uh, learn how to lay mosaics? Yeah, that's fine. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, <laughs> archaeology is like a study of, like, a whole of humankind. So basically anything fits mm. uh, as, as long as you can kind of wiggle it properly in there. Yep. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite, uh, quite convenient in that regard. <laughs> yeah, also quite uh, easy to be lazy because of that as well. <laughs> yeah, especially because like, I'm sorry, Bly. We're like just like two archaeologists just gushing about going no, to no, university. No, no, I'm, I'm just over here sipping my coffee and making like Indiana Jones references in my head. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like my my professors. Um, at least in the prehistoric department, which is what I studied, they were so chill about deadlines as well. Mm. Like we had no deadlines. It's like, oh, you took this course with me two years ago. You want to hand in your paper now to get a grade for it? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's, that was that was hard. Our, uh, like the main professor uh, oh. who was leading the department uh, was basically uh, he, he's from Cuba originally, so he has that like a very Central <laughs> American, very like laid back attitude on everything maybe a, a little too much <laughs> so it's like yeah just post whenever you feel like and uh come to class if you feel like uh, sometimes you know like yeah you get a maximum score if you are uh, on every uh like class and then if you're missing one you're uh, going down one grade and so on it's like a, not even like tests or anything it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> see the thing is how how it used to be for me um they changed it later on because they actually determined that this was illegal mm. most of my lectures were literally just um the only requirement to pass it was attendance yeah. so you could you could miss up to two or three depending on the semester and um that's that's literally the only thing you had to do but they determined that that was not legal and not fair to people who didn't who couldn't wrangle that with their schedule. Mm. So we had to like do stupid things like write this two page essay instead, which was so much more work than just showing up. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I was, I was glad I did most of my stuff before they changed it. Yeah. They changed a lot of stuff <laughs> as well. Like we had like a kind of generation change with the teachers and everything, which made everything a lot mm. better. <laughs> but uh, mm. also actually started requiring actually doing things. Yeah, yeah. Most of most of my no the the pre the prehistoric department was um like young. Most of them were young. They were like between thirty and forty five. The classical archaeology department though was literally like from ancient era. <laughs> you know, the stereotypical old professor I know more than you yes. do because I've studied classical Latin and ancient Greek and da 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 ba ba da ba and statues are awesome and you have to describe them in this. Oh my god! Yeah, we had the same. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, 
some of those retired and got replaced with younger generations and then like the younger generation says mm. maybe it's not exactly like this maybe you need to rethink this from a little different angle yeah no that that's happened now but uh during my time they were still very much there but i only did classical archaeology like as like a side thing mm. um prehistoric prehistory all the way yeah, i did like a, as a whole but, minor Mm, I didn't. I didn't. I did a couple of classes, but um, my focus was prehistory. Yeah, same. Sorry. Sorry, blind. <laughs> Why are you apologizing? This is easy content. All I have to do is sit here. It's great. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but I'm not sure. I mean, we could we could always do <laughs> how to frequency gaming podcast archaeology edition. Let us know. Uh, lovely listeners, if you want us to talk about archaeology, mm-hmm. I could reach out to my, uh, my my local Vancouverite Ponce, who also has a like some sort of degree in archaeology, <laughs> and, like history studies. Mm. I almost came to it. A... There's a surprisingly large amount of archaeologists <laughs> stream on Twitch. It's like that. Like I wonder why. Yeah, it's, it's almost like there's a water <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, and almost. It's almost like you know the pay in archaeology might also not be great unless you get to like be a professor. Yeah. Hmm. I actually almost came to Canada. <laughs> Wait, is, does that mean archaeology is just an MLM scheme where like, you're teaching people to be archaeologists, but in reality, they just, you just want to teach more people to be more archaeologists? N- not, not really. No. It's actually kind of opposite here, because uh, uh, to do archaeologists' job, you kind of have to be uh, mainly at the university, more or less, uh, or uh, at the National Board of Antiquities or the Forest Services, sir. but like most people are at the universities sir, for that, and most of them don't actually want to teach at all. That's which, the uh, thing, kinda, yeah. You can they see don't want to teach. Of teaching as well. Sometimes, they they want to do their own like study their own thing or do excavations and all of that, uh, but the, they are like required yeah. to do like a certain amount of hours uh, of teaching every year. So quality varies on those a lot, uh, depending on if the person really cares about teaching and. You know? And also, like, uh, yeah, many they... of them don't even have, like, uh, any kind of uh, education in teaching. So they're just, okay, you just go and teach. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> okay. You, yeah, the, yeah, the fun is, if you, if you, unless you're study, unless your chosen field of study is pedagogy, or pedagogy, pedag- pedagogy? How do you, I don't even know how to say that in English. Education, unless your chosen major as a professor is education, you don't get talked about how to do education mm-hmm. and how to how to teach people. It's just a thing that they do. So mostly it's like they spend like ninety percent of their time researching or something like that, and then they're like, "Oh crap, I have to like cram in two classes this semester." Mm-hmm. Dang it! I'm just gonna re- recycle my content from five years ago, yeah. and they just phone it in because or yeah, the uh, the teach. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, because the teaching thing is the one thing that they don't want to do. The only people that are really good about teaching are the people that are currently studying to get their PhD, because yeah. um, they have to do that too, but they are like actually still interested in like um, teaching you and, and, and um, like... I, I feel they also have giving like a you like, pressure teach, uh, like a touch on like yeah. teaching and everything, like they, they know a little more modern yeah. ways of teaching and everything. Yeah, and they and they 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 care about um, giving you that knowledge as well, because most of the professors just like, well, I'm here, I'm doing my thing. Whether you learn something or not, I don't care. Uh, As long as you hand in your, I don't know, do your test later or hand in your paper or do your presentation, I don't care. Um, Which unfortunately kind of shows, uh, at least at my university, they passed people that 
oh my god like like they passed those people who would sh do like a presentation like write a presentation the night before you could tell like because they they would talk for like five minutes and then they just fumble their way through like the rest of the I don't know. They they was they were supposed to like do a presentation for forty five minutes and they would talk for five minutes and then it would stop, <laughs> and they would still pass those people. Well, I, I'm like, a good example of that yeah. as well, actually from myself. Uh, uh, so I, I did my <laughs> bachelor's thesis, which was kind of kind of shit to be honest. Uh, I did put some work into it, and then I uh, I did a presentation on it, uh, and mm. uh, there was uh, two of our uh, professors basically there, and one audience member and uh I, I did that and then i submitted my thing and then i was like waiting for a couple of months to get the results uh, and it's like nope nothing and then i went to talk to our like the head professor and it's like uh, i'm supposed to get like a score from this or something and it's like, okay okay I'll, I'll mark it down and then he just marks it as like done instead of a number i'm like oh then I go back. Like, I I need to like actually get a score from it, uh, like one to five. That's uh, like, mm. oh, I'll, I'll I'll fix it. And then he just puts five in there. I don't think he even looked at it ever. <laughs> is is yeah, five, five is the enough. best for you? Okay, okay, <laughs> just to clarify. Yeah, it goes from one to four. Okay, good, so like, good, good, good. Well, it wasn't definitely a a five. It's more like a three or a two. <laughs> mm. I, I ADHD, this is like super, it was like super off topic, but I ADHD my, my thesis. So I didn't have to do a presentation for the bachelor's thesis, but so I did all the work for it. I read all the stuff, I summarized it all. And then uh, I finally sat down to write it with like, I don't know, two weeks to spare or something like that. So I sat down, I actually sat down early, you know, not like doing it the night before, but basically what happened is I sat down uh, wrote the intro, wrote my body of the of the thesis, which had to be like um, thirty pages. I think it had to be. Yeah. I think thirty to forty five was hours. So I wrote. Shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I sat down, wrote the intro, wrote the body, read through it once, made notes, also corrected like you know typos that I saw, um, wrote my conclusion, and then I sent it off to print. I never even proofread my conclusion because <laughs> I was just like, my brain was literally just like, okay, you've done this, mm -hmm. you're done. Yeah. I'm done. I, I'm, I'm not, I can't look at this ever again. I'm done. This is just, I'm done. And then I handed it in. <laughs> yeah, I feel that's like a general thing with any project. Like you, you churn it out uh, and then at certain point you're like, push it out, it's done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably should have proofread it again just to like fix more typos because you never see, you know, ADHD brain. Mm. You don't see the typos the first time or the second time you read it. You, you have to wait. About like this sounds like me editing YouTube videos. <laughs> just, just chip it. Just, just post yeah, it. Yeah, call much. it done. Yeah, yeah pretty much. It's fine. Yeah. I don't need to re-record that one line where I stumble in my words. Just, just, just do that. Also, this is good stuff. You guys keep talking. I'm gonna go use the toilet. I will be. Right <laughs> I mean, I guess today is just archaeology edition. Mm -hmm. So what was what was your chosen field then? Uh, like Finnish, what was your like prehistory, like Iron Age and Stone Age? Gotcha, 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 gotcha. That's what my um, bachelor's thesis was on. Was uh, basically Finnish uh, Iron Age finds. Mm, like, gotcha, GI, cool. Was GIS like a very good put like locations on on a map and so on like, uh, and it was like mm. kind of like uh, like what finds you have been found already. 
that are not like acid with a, like a known site. So those are all mm. mapped. And then uh, through different methods, like how far people travel and uh, things like that, uh, kind of like mapping where a potential locations could be. Oh, that's cool. So it's kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that's really like interesting. You, you get like all that's kind of really, different really landscape cool. and like rivers, uh, how that affects because those massively increase how far you can travel. Mm, absolutely, so, so, yeah. Uh, it was kind of, of shitty. Like the idea was kind of good, but it's kind of badly done. And I was going to do my thesis on that, uh, like expanded. Mm. And I got like mm. half done. And then I was like, uh, this is kind of pointless. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, stopped her. Uh, for a couple of years, and then uh, mm. uh, I picked a different uh, subject. Uh, uh, there is uh, in my hometown of Kemi, uh, which is one of the major river uh, river mouths, basically, uh, and like mm. been like a very important uh, trade center from like uh, twelve hundred or something. So there was a, a church there from like fourteen hundreds uh, that burned down like three times. Uh, uh, was robbed and all kinds of things and the church bell was thrown in the river to hide it from the uh, people stealing stuff and <laughs> so on uh, <laughs> like they, they actually did like an excavation uh, on it uh, uh, like a few years uh, before I started doing it uh, and there was like a big graveyard and all kinds of things uh, in there so it was basically doing a, a tease on that um, and I got to like almost mm, done cool. on that and then I kind of gave up <laughs> again mm. Mm. gotcha Wall. Wall. Is it time for us to talk about the games we've been playing in the past few weeks? Sure. Probably, okay. yeah. <laughs> well, well, then we're, we're going to go to a real quick break. And when we come back, uh, we, we will talk about the games that we've been playing this week. Back after this. And we're back with the episode 65 of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. FG would like to tell us about a video game called the Magical, Magical Mixture Mill. Yes. Um, it's one of the two games I played recently that I'm going to talk about today. But um, yeah, so Magical Mixture Mill came out on the 5th of April. Um, you may have played the demo for it earlier this year because it had a demo in the Steam Next Fest that I know Belle and I both played. And basically what the game is, it's another one of those alchemy potion games that are currently just so very popular for some reason but uh, magical mixture mill is a bit different in that it is a it's a top-down um sort of isometric um exploration and um ingredient gathering game and then the actual potion brewing is relatively basic uh factory automation so you have like chests and you put your ingredients in the chest and then it, they get like the chest acts both as a chest and a hopper and it puts that into an extractor and then the extractor puts it in, into a, a thing that mixes it, mixes it with a different, ex, a different extract and then you send it to the bottler which then puts it into, you know, a bottle and then you have a potion and you can have like make fancy potions and all that sort of stuff and you can all string that together. Um, so it's a really cool idea. Um, it's not like super duper duper crazy factory automation. It's not like factorial levels, but um, 
you know, you, you will like redesign your factory a whole bunch because you discover better ingredients and then you have to like change the ratio if you want to get like optimal um, potions and that sort of stuff. Stuff can also explode if you're not careful. Um, it's a really, really cool idea. I really enjoyed my time with it. It is unfortunately as so many games um, that are coming out these days. Early access. There is more content than in the demo. Um but there is not that much more content than in the demo. I don't think the demo is currently accessible anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, I've seen that happen now where there's like demos that will be available right up until release and then the demo goes away. It's like, that's almost like less helpful. Yeah, it's like, I feel that less helpful too because why not just have a demo? You already, it clearly already exists if you made one for the next fest. Just just keep that. And, and I mean, I guess, yeah, like throughout early access, the game will change like significantly but at least for the first like i don't know half a year to a year of a of yeah, a like game the being initial launch out. window yeah. kind of deal at least for a couple of months yeah now. just leave it but i i guess in this case maybe there was a you know there's there's a they're like i don't know there's not enough content to like then lure people over to buy it in early access i don't know like it's good it's really fun um it's very like the art style and the humor is very whimsical um, it reminds me a little bit of like um, like the the cartoony look of like Warcraft, mm -hmm. um, and it's 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 really well done. It's really well polished. It runs really well. It's you know and that sort of stuff. Like they they've got their stuff down, and I think um, once it's done, it's going to be really 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 good. I played it for like two streams, I think like ten ish hours or so, um, and after that, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is great. I'm going to touch it again when it's out um, because there is. As I said, there's not that much content there. I discovered all the ingredients that are there. You can try to like currently upgrade all your tools to maximum level if you want to do that. That's really hard though. You need lots of ingredients and potions for that. You can try and find for every potion, there's an optimal recipe that you can discover. You can you can work on that. But quite frankly, I, I'm more of a person... Oh, this done. This makes the potions that I need for this quest or for that. Okay, good. Ship it. <laughs> I, I I can't sit down and try to like find the perfect ratio. I I'm not super interested in that. But it's good. It's it's fun. I I would recommend it if you like exploring and gathering stuff and then some automation. Because the cool thing is the automation obviously works while you're out exploring, also while you're sleeping. So that's quite nice. So you, you will always produce your potions and you're not like bogged down by having to wait for like a bajillion potions because you can also just go to sleep and then you wake up in the morning and everything's done. So it's quite good. It's quite fun. I'm just interested to see where it goes from here. Well, that that that's good to hear. Um, I, I hope that that game kind of comes together looking at reviews. It seems like people are a little concerned about some of the early access points that you mentioned, but like... Mm. Hopefully, uh, it it works its way through early access and does well. Yeah, at least the demo was really yeah. really good. I I really enjoyed it as well. And the demo was surprisingly long, like like it's kind of extensively long demo. So I'm surprised that they don't have even more content for the early access as well. I I feel like they spent maybe like recently a bit more time on like polishing it maybe rather than like adding content, which is totally mm -hmm. fine because at least that way you know you make sure the game runs really well for um. Uh, for release, which is really, really, really cool. Yeah. Um, they did send out a survey to people who played to to like give feedback, so that's pretty good. So hopefully we'll see um, some new content sooner or later. It's definitely 
Definitely one to watch, I'd say, for sure. I, I wouldn't probably say, like, buy it right now, but uh, put it on your wish list if you like, like, you know, um, fun, whimsical automation games. Yeah, the bad goblin is amazing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, that's such a salty game immediately to me. <laughs> mm. So, my game to talk about for this episode of the podcast uh that that i'm really excited about the game that i'm really keen on that i i i want to play more of is uh crab champions (laughs) um are either of you familiar with this no i watched you play i haven't played it myself but i watched you play okay so crab champions exists because the guy who made the crab rave got an epic grant to make a video game (laughs) Really? That's hilarious. Yes. Oh, I love so, it. So, Noise Storm, who wrote Crab Rave, is a guy who's been on YouTube for like uh, 14, 15 years or something. Um, put up a bunch of like drum and bass and dubstep tracks on YouTube like 12 years ago and got a lot of views because he just let all the, the um, Call of Duty montage makers use his music for free with credit. Um, mm. and he's just kind of existed since then. And like, I've, I've been aware of like noise storm as a person for forever. And then a couple of years ago, put out like a trail, a reveal trailer for this crab game that he's working on. Um, and, uh, essentially what crab champions is, is it's like, it, it's, it, it, I, I swear I've seen this crab asset before, but, um, it's a super upbeat third person run based shooter, uh, where you play as crabs with various weaponry. Um, it's essentially Risk of Rain if it was like N64 era and goofy on smallish islands in the tropics. The music is all super upbeat and happy. It's a very like positive, it, like just puts a dumb smile on your face. And in a in, in a world where I've been kind of in a slump recently mentally, this game has been lovely. It's just it, it's it is a early access cooperative. Risk of Rain 2-esque uh, third-person shooter uh, where you play as crabs with various heavy weaponry. And it's $10, and it's just dumb fun. I've <laughs> put, like, 12 hours into it, and I expect to sink a lot more time into it because I haven't unlocked all the guns yet. And then apparently there's, like, a ton of um, uh, other perks and stuff to unlock once you've unlocked all the guns. Um, there's giant flying pumpkins that shoot fireballs at you and skulls and other crabs and various sea life. It's a it's a good time being a crab with dual wielding sawed off shotguns. It actually looks surprisingly good. Yeah, and, no and it does it looks really good. Steam yeah. Page, huh? This looks also like a very speedrunnable par- game. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see this on some kind of a speedrun event. There are parkour maps. So there are some maps where it's just like you're you're, you're speedrunning. The, the th- the, and like the, the fact that you mentioned speedrunning, like the part where the game really shines that like maybe it does, I don't know if it shows that well. It controls really yeah, well. It like, seems the, like, the, like the, it goes the really actual, fast as well. The actual game feel is very good. It's also super generous with your aiming. So things just need to be kind of generally in the right direction. Like you don't need to be super precise about it, which is something that pushed me away from risk a lot of the risk of rain characters. Mm-hmm where you did need to be really precise and accurate. It's pretty general and forgiving. Um, on the easy difficulty, it is genuinely, like, very easy. Like, you could play this with a small child. Levels of easy. And then on Nightmare, it's actually a nightmare. And on Normal, it's a decent challenge. So I I think it's pretty well-balanced in that regard. There's kind of something for everybody in there. 
If you just want to play it as like a shut your brain off co-op shooter where you don't really need to do any of the movement stuff, you can absolutely do that on easy. Um, but uh, it's also just really enjoyable on the harder difficulties. Something else that always bothered me about Risk of Rain 2 as well is like you'd get to a point where the maps would take like 30 minutes in some cases, like especially on the harder difficulties once you got further in. Like it would get to a point where like the people that you're playing with would be waiting for quite some time. I think the most time I've spent in a map in Crab Champions is like three minutes. It's very quick, and uh, if you are playing in co-op, all your friends come back at the end of each map, So, and then all that they lose is the is the loot, and you can dump items out of your in inventory and trade with people in the shops if people get behind, so you don't have the issue with like a few character with a few players carrying everybody else, and then everybody else just dying immediately, like you can have in Risk of Rain. Um, it's a lot harder to steal items. Everybody's items are guaranteed theirs, so you know you're not gonna have people like just taking the loot drops like in Risk of Rain. So, um, I, I think as a co-op experience, it requires a lot less coordination and thus makes it a lot easier to just kind of dive in with a group of people and play. Um, and yeah, the the rounds are short. Uh, a full run takes about twenty minutes. Currently, it's it's three biomes. There's uh, like the tropical area, the the frozen area, and then the area where the tropical area has lava water. Uh, I think my biggest complaint about it. Um, I have two major complaints. Uh, the, the, the first one is there isn't enough islands. Add more islands, please. And then the second one is why don't the crabs have unlockable hats? <laughs> yes. That'd like, be nice. There, yeah. there are skins good, that are yeah. all unlockable in-game, so you can like unlock like a watermelon skin for your crab or like a, a rainbow <laughs> skin nice. for your crab, which is pretty good just being like a crab with a watermelon texture. <laughs> they're literally just texture swaps. Yeah. Like, they're, 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 there's like a tiger print <laughs> texture and stuff like that. Like They're very goofy, but like... I don't know. I just the fact this doesn't have unlockable hats, I think, is a massive design oversight, and um, I expect a top hat monocle like stat. That'd be great. Yeah, you should su suggest that and then take royalties because oh, that's not like a not good the idea. Person suggesting it, but oh, fair yeah. enough, okay. Yeah, no, I put it on my wish list to get um, later. I have so many games that I currently like am working on mm -hmm. to get through, and they keep updating because they're all early access. Oh, yeah. Action roguelites. No, this this game <laughs> definitely fits in with like Risk of Rain, RoboQuest, uh, mm. Gunfire Reborn, like that kind of type of thing. Yeah, um, you know, kind of your co-op, third person or first person, -y, like wave defense with per select perks. Like you know, honestly, like th these types of games are basically just like the first person shooter or third person shooter variant of Vampire Survivors at this point. Like, there's such a yeah. formula. And there's quite a few of them now. It's just kind of a pick your preferred movement style and art style and go nuts. Mm, yeah, absolutely. But, um, I've been enjoying Crab Champions. It's a lot of fun. It's also cheap. So I recommend it. That's always good as well. Yeah. Cheap oh, is good. Big problem. Does not include the Crab Rave. Aww. Crab Rave is not in the game. Oh, <gasps> and the crabs don't dance. So although <gasps> dan apparently um, Zero to Tony 10 the game. shopkeeper is going to have a dancing animation, which is good. Uh, but currently, Tony the shopkeeper doesn't move. <laughs> Tony the shopkeeper doesn't have animations yet. Wow. Wow. Okay, that went just from an Insta buy to uh, nope. <laughs> Eat crab rave. I imagine it has pretty good music still. Oh, no, the the, the music mm. bops. Like, it's, it is great. Like, it, it's like, um, did, did you ever play like Viva Pinata? Okay, mm. you know, like that, like that kind of like, like, uh, I can't remember the name of that composer, but. Um, 
it's it's like that kind of rareware style of super upbeat like steel drums and yeah. stuff except it's all just like hard rave music <laughs> it's great and it's like the music is twice the volume of all the sound effects when you first turn the game on it's like it's very clear that it's like oh yes this this is this was made by a musician i made my game to i made a game to promote my music let's go <laughs> yes but also like the game's doing real well so yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's great yeah, it, it it's it's very fun. Speaking of very fun and uh, doing a lot of damage to things, Bell, how's how's vacation been and also Path of Exile? Oh, it's been great to be on vacation. I've literally done nothing but played Path of Exile. <laughs> so it's been gonna, I've been actually been, like on a vacation. <laughs> like no no emails, no nothing. It's like just a uh, playing video games and not caring about anything. It's been actually quite nice. Uh, I I had this uh, kind of revelation at the start of the year that I, I was looking at, like how much I've been streaming. And comparing like normal person having like days off in a year and i've had like like 40 50 days of uh last year when an average fiend has like 130 days of uh <laughs> in a year so it's like maybe i should take a little bit more time off so i gave myself a, a permission to have like three vacations uh, this year i took one now i'm gonna have one somewhere in the summer early autumn and then uh, one uh, in the end of the year just have a week of doing nothing and then like a couple of months ago, I was figuring, hmm, Path of Exile is getting a new update. So I'm going to just take the vacation during that and just do nothing but just gaming on my own. <laughs> nice. Sadly, the current league is not that great. <laughs> oh. The, the new, new league mechanic is kind of shit, uh, to be honest. Uh. But the the base game itself is uh, really good. So it's been at least good on that. Uh. Uh, I, I have a lot of fun just blasting Path of Exile till the late hours. That was actually kind of a fun story about Path of Exile the other day, uh, which involves uh, basically uh, assassination. <laughs> uh, so okay. there is PvP in Path of Exile, but you can't really uh, do it other than uh, like in in a like arena kind of setup. Uh, but you can kind of kill other players uh, if you're uh, running around uh, killing monsters and then uh, do that. But like in in towns and so on, you can't normally kill anyone. Um, but there is a, there is a, this. Uh, like, Battle of Excel is a very complex uh, game of, like, mechanics uh, that interact with each other. So there was this, like, a really wonky combo of things uh, that allowed uh, people to kill each other uh, in areas where they maybe should have not been able to kill each other. Uh, so basically, it involves uh, uh, going into a party, and then uh, there's a skill that allows you to basically link yourself to another player. And if that player uh, you are linked to dies, you also die. Uh, but not the other way. And... Uh, so you, you could basically link to someone else, but, and they could kill you, but you couldn't kill them. Uh, but then uh, they introduced a, a new item in this league uh, that allows you to use your, basically, when you use a potion, it gets used on the person who uh, uh, you're linked to. And there are some uh, potions that basically sets your uh, uh, HP to 1, and then uh, another potion that damages you. So you basically uh, die. And because your potion applies to the other person, uh, he dies, and then, then you both die. So, uh, uh, the current, uh, well, no longer current, I guess, because he died, uh, uh, rank two hardcore uh, ladder person, uh, got a whisper from someone on stream, um, that, uh, hey, could you come and help me kill this uh, thing because I can't kill it. And uh, the hardcore players uh, are like a very small community who are really helpful to each other. So they help out uh, when someone asks usually. So I was like, yeah, sure, I can come. And he just uh, joins his party, teleports to their area where you are not usually supposed to be able to kill each other. So it's like, why are you so level, low level and everything? And then he just used the link skill and used the potions and they both die. 
so he basically just assassinated the rank 2 uh, player on hardcore ladder with that uh, very funky <laughs> uh, combo of mechanics uh, on stream. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Which then led uh, to uh, I mean, the developer. Kind of amazing. Yeah, really. Like, uh, that's also horrible. How do you even think like this combo? It's like. <laughs> yeah, wow. Which then led uh, to the uh, developers uh, turning off that item and it doesn't drop uh, anymore. Plus, the mechanic doesn't work uh, until they then hotfix it again this week. Uh, and it limited mm. it so that you can't can't kill it, uh, kill other players with that combo anymore. <laughs> but it's like pretty amazing. Uh, how how do you even come up with this concept of uh, how to kill people? And then really like how how do you do this to someone uh, who spent like hours? Like this guy has literally not slept uh, getting to the rank two spot uh, since the release uh, of the league, uh, and then you just uh, basically assassinate him. Like how how can you do that to someone? <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It's clever, but also like, oof. yeah, it was a that's it was a pretty oh, interesting. God, I mean, I'm sure that highlight will get lots of. Views oh yeah, on YouTube. absolutely. Like it, it was <laughs> everywhere. Basically, everyone was watching it uh, and talking about it. Like the Schadenfreude would be off the charts. Like you, you'd attract people that wouldn't even be playing or watching mm. normally. Mm. But um, definitely. I'm I'm glad that you you've had had a good vacation, Bell. Yeah, it's um, been like I'm, I'm I needed to kind of break from things, uh, and it's definitely given me a lot of energy and everything, and so I can come back tomorrow and stream a ton again, <laughs> and then I probably need a <laughs> few months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> I, I I have there, there's a concert coming up in July, which is probably going to be end up being my next break, and I'm doing air quotes. Because uh, it's that I, I I might go to a different city to see this show twice. <laughs> mm, but, uh, nice. We'll, we'll see what ends up happening with that. It is Dream Theater, Devon Townsend, and Animals as Leaders, so it's like yeah, that sounds pretty nice. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I would like to see Dream Theater twice in a weekend. That that sounds pretty great. But um, anyway, uh, I I have a game to talk about. I I, I played a card game. Um, <laughs> which when I when I said that FG like groaned the last time and we were like you know we'll, I'll talk about card game at a later date so you get to hear about card game um, so when I say card game uh, it's C-A-R and then in brackets D game um, so I played a game called Death Roads um, I don't know if it's good okay I, I, I don't I don't do deck builders so I will just simply talk about my experience with Death Roads. Uh, De Death Roads is a Mad Max, or okay, so Death Roads colon tournament uh, is is the name of this video game. It is a Mad Max Fury Road meets uh, the uh, Cannonball Run card game, tactics game. So it's it's a deck builder, but you're building a Mad Max style tank car uh, to take dune buggies and stuff out on a grid on the road and your cards are connected to pieces of your car. So you only have five pieces for your car. You have like basically your, your, your rear bumper, your front bumper, um, a power up slot and then two gun slots. And these can, these come with, it's like three to four cards depending on their power. So you're not actually doing that much deck building. You're saying, okay, well, I want a different gun for my roof. Okay, well, then that gives me 
an AOE and a di- and uh, like a straight fire shot instead of like these two that sh- different cards that shoot out the sides kind of deal. So you're swapping out like selections of cards. So the deck building side of it's pretty light in that regard. Um, where it gets complicated is you have a second deck which is like your like your car itself which is connected to your car and your car's abilities and these include shifting up and down gears which changes what the cards do because most of the cards have a if you're in first or second gear uh, it has this effect. If you're in second or third gear, it has this effect. And if you're in th- fifth uh, higher gear, then you, it has this effect. Um, when you take your turn, you can shift up and down gears, which, like I said, changes the effect of cards. And if you're in higher gears, usually the cards are more effective. But if you are at a higher gear and you get hit and you run out of traction which is basically like a secondary health bar which you spend traction to use cards and when you get hit you take traction damage if you run out of traction you spin out and the gear that you are on is the number of random moves that you make on the hex grid on the track or on the on the square grid on the track and it can make you run off the road and take damage and stuff or crash into other cards and do damage to them so it's this balance of Shifting gears, using traction, playing cards, and trying not to spin out and then get a bunch of, like, RNG movement cards thrown at you. It's a very weird combination of things, but it ends up being quite a fun little almost FTL-feeling turn-based board game where you're on a speeding highway at a billion miles an hour trying to take out other cars. And the the reason I played this is because I like tactics games, and... I like car combat games, and I don't really get tactics car combat games, so I was like, I don't like car deck builders, but I will jump this hoop to play a tactics car combat game, and it was enjoyable. Uh, I've played it twice since uh, I streamed it, and I think I'll continue playing the odd run of it because it's it's something different, and there isn't enough deck building to make me mad. Hmm. I mean, it sounds good. It runs, reminds me quite a bit of... Um... Did you ever play Convoy? Yeah, the first thing yes. that really came to my mind as yeah. well. Yeah. This is this is a very common comparison point for this. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Because I, I I mean to be fair, I enjoyed Convoy, um, and uh, yeah, that for me that's usually what like what you said. I usually enjoy games with cards, despite the fact that they have cards, rather than because mm-hmm. they're a card slash deck builder. But I, I mean, this one sounds really like like well thought out like the different um decks and how they behave each other and how Mm. the stuff interacts so um sounds good and then the the overworld um is all about getting from the west coast of usa to the east coast of usa and there are other cars uh, like other characters i guess they they the other named characters the classes that you didn't select are also on the board and every time you take a turn they all move up one tile and so the entire time you're trying to select the routes that'll get you to the other side faster than the other cars on the map to get you a higher score, which is also kind of cool. So there That's is cool, like yeah. a like light racing element to it. And uh, if you collide with the other players, then you have to duel them to the death naturally. But they're not of actual course. players. They're just like AI run. But they're like bosses mm. on, the, on the overworld. Yeah, it looks and, like there's um, latest also, kind um, of progression, but we added a racing component. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then on 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 the map, uh, there there's a bunch of graffiti on the map, which I think is very entertaining, um, and uh, cer- certain like jabs at the U.S., which is very amusing to me. Like Texas uh, is called Tax Us, <laughs> which I think is very funny. <laughs> Um, and uh, th- th- there's there's definitely some amusing character in there, and the the music's pretty good. The the art's kind of great. Um, I think it looks really nice. Um, I'm actually I'd, I'd be curious to ask you, FG, about moving backgrounds and stuff. If the uh, uh, hmm. from looking at it, if you, if you think it would cause you motion sickness problems, you can turn off all the screen shake and crap. But like, yeah, um, per- it does have that speeding highway effect in the background. So constantly, like yeah, like when you stop. open the. Looks like yeah, no, that there. wouldn't that would not fly for me at all. That would that would like I look at I'm looking at the trailer and how it starts. I guess that's how it is, right? Because it's just mm-hmm. driving. Yeah, no, that's a. I don't op- even notice it, course. which it, which is mm. why I ask. Um, and I I was asking chat while I was playing it, and they all said, yeah, that wouldn't be a problem. So, because the backgrounds are pretty static, like they are moving, but they're pretty static. So I don't know. Um, no, nah, it's that that would be like especially like. It's it's okay like looking at the trailer on the Steam store page right now because it's like small, but if that's full screen in front of my face on my twenty seven inch monitor, no, that's 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 that would get me, that would get me actually. Especially because I'm not directly controlling the um car. I mean, I am. I know I am controlling it, but with cars, like I'm not pressing a joystick to go up and down. Right, that would be different. But because it's like moving steadily and i just click on certain things to make it go um no that would be that would not work for me i don't think yeah, so when you, when you when you place cards it goes it slows down to almost a crawl like it basically puts it into like almost kind of like a bullet time mode mm. so it goes into slow-mo when you go to place cards i don't know i i think it's pretty smooth i i, I quite like it so how do you feel about the, like, uh, the balance death- of the game it looks like a lot of the steam comments are complaining about balance of things uh, the there. complaints that people are complaining about with the balance is uh the gear shifting mechanic mm. um like all of the complaints i've seen about balance is the gear shifting mechanic so if you're in a high gear yeah you're, you're gonna spin out and yes you will flip off the road and yes it will do a lot of damage and yes it will feel bs which is why you shift down at the end of your turn yeah mm. um i to, to me from what i can like i almost beat it on my first mm. run like it's it's mm. it doesn't seem poorly balanced to me, but also I'm not an expert at card games, so um, I found it to be a challenging tactics game, but not unbalanced. Yeah. Mm. It does also have multiple difficulties too. So I was just playing on the normal difficulty. I, I don't know what they were, what mm, those people gotcha. who are talking about balance are playing it on. Um, I, I I think it's just got some weird mechanics, really. Yeah. Uh, Looks really great. I'm gonna add it to my wish list for sure. So, uh, n- n- next thing on here, uh, FG, you uh, played the, I guess, 1.0 version yep. of War Tales? Yep, yep, War How's Tales. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> um, I kind of interrupted you, but how's it? Um, It's War Tales. Um, I really enjoyed War Tales in Early Access already. So, War Tales by Shira Games is an open-world exploration um RPG, it's kind of sort of open world sandboxy in the same way that sort of Battle Brothers or Mountain Blade is. Um, there are some story quests here and there, and there's like a loose story, but it's more of like kind of make your own sort of story slash um, adventure game with um, tactical turn-based combat. combat. Um, so it's sort of like XCOM-y turn, uh, turn-based combat, except there is no hit percentage, so you will hit 
There is not like you don't you won't fail a 90% shot because that doesn't work. It's just, you know, normal tactical turn-based combat. And um they've done a lot of rebalancing throughout early access and that sort of stuff. Um it's gotten a lot of uh so I'm playing on medium difficulty, which is normal, which is just which they call experience. Um there's you can have different difficulties for combat and the survival, and you can either make it so that enemies in regions scale with you or that regions are like level locked and then you have to go from region to region and that sort of stuff um it feels a little bit easier than it was in early access but it was also really hard in early access when it first came out when i played a lot like uh um you only had um at the time when it came out in early access that enemies would scale with you so that made certain bosses really hard yes you would have like i don't know 12 units in your group but that would also make bosses hit really hard and that sort of stuff um so they've they've made it a bit easier overall but um it feels a lot fairer now and more fun um it it runs pretty good i get a little bit of stutter every once in a while it's weird it's odd like it runs fine at like 144 frames but then every once in a while there's just a little bit of hitching in it but that's been in the game since the start for me so i don't know um, I remember that hitching actually when i played it yeah so that's still kind of in i don't know what it is maybe it's just and i watched jess play and she didn't seem to have it yesterday so i don't know what's going on there um i haven't been to any of the new regions but um like the camp management is so much more elaborate which is cool because you can like upgrade your 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 because you have a camp because you need a camp in the overworld and you can put different things in your camp like a campfire and a cooking pot and a tent and like um a strategy table and all that sort of stuff and you can now level these up as well which give, then gives you more bonuses and that sort of stuff there are weapons that you can upgrade you don't just have to craft new weapons you can certain weapons really good weapons they are upgradable which means like those weapons will then scale with your party and you don't you, you just don't get like this this boss weapon that whacked you like really well when it first when you first got it but then you have to discard it no you can just go now and upgrade it which is really nice um, because that that feels so much better, right? Because you kind of just get to keep that weapon, that really cool weapon that you got from the boss. Um, and uh, it has voice acting now, which is nice. So if you talk to somebody in town, they will actually, you don't have to read it out loud. It talks at you, which is really nice. Um, and it's just really, really good. I really enjoy it. I, I need to still make it to the new regions. I've beaten the first region, the storyline in it. Um, I'm kind of like dropping about in the second region now a little bit. I'm a little bit under leveled because I region locked my, I level locked my region. So I'm a little bit under leveled for that new region because that's not technically the next region I'm supposed to go to, but eh, whatever. And it's just really fun. It's really good. Um, there's a lot of content. There's like six regions or something stupid like that now. Like that game has content. Like if you want to do a proper playthrough and go everywhere and do all the quests, like you're looking at like 60 hours at least and you can play it on different difficulty levels you can make it you can make combat really hard but survival easy or the other way around and it's just really fun also uh i made my war pony the captain of my troop um because you can do that Good. which is great <laughs> and I just, uh, I just remember the 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 uh the, the legend of hammy the pig just killing people in that game yep yeah me. no because you can you can um you can recruit animals to your troop and uh, certain like the beast masters can then control them as well otherwise they'll they'll be with your troop but they'll act like uh, independently in combat like they still fight for you 
but um, they, they direct their own stuff. But if you've got Beastmaster or a certain color on them, you can actually control them and tell them to go, you know, where they want them to go. And um, my troop currently has a bear, a war pony, and we had a wolf as well, but that was a quest wolf that we then like gave back to its owner. So it's really cool. And yes, my horse is my captain, which is great because it just uses its like captain ability <laughs> and like generates valor points for us. And it's just great. And it's, I don't know, it's just really fun. It's really good. Um, and it's like not expensive either. Like for the for the content that you get, as I said, like I've played, I've beaten one region. I haven't done all the quests in that region. And I've explored a little bit of the second region. So I've played like 15 hours now since it came out. And it's like, it's 25% off right now. Um, it's like 22 pounds in UK money. I think full price is like 35 US. But as I said, it's 25% off right now on Steam. Um, not sponsored or anything like that. I just really enjoy that game a lot. And I've like, I played it today and yesterday and the, the stream at tower time, it just flew by. Like it was like, suddenly oh oh it's eight eight hours later okay i, I guess i have to stop now <laughs> and uh, it's really good it's really good like i really really like it and they're still patching it um there's a couple like for example today there was like one thing where like a specific class of archer couldn't like melee you um so that they're still patching some stuff here and there but like it's it's good it's really fun and yeah there's a little bit of hitching but no crashes or anything like that so it's not been like yeah, it's totally it's totally fun for what it is, and I'm really enjoying it. Well, that's good to hear. Mm -hmm. I I mean I I enjoyed the very early access builds of that, but I, I definitely ran into some balance can annoyance and like issues that I had with it early on that kind of burned me on it. Maybe I'll go back. I don't know. I uh... I mean yeah, that now you can like the thing is like now you can tailor it right because you can you can adjust the as I said you can adjust the combat difficulty and that sort of stuff and um. If you want to, you can just if you if you put the region lock thing on, you could just be in the first area, level up your dudes really high, and then go to the second area and just ruffle stomp everybody and that sort of stuff. So, you know, you can you can play it like that if you want to, or you can make it really challenging and do iron mode if you iron man mode if you really want to do it. But like I don't know, it's been really fun. Also, it has co-op now. You can play it with up to four people. It's probably that also work, important yeah. to mention. Yeah, how, um, how does so, how does that work? Is everybody you, like controlling? It, like the the same soldiers or yeah so it's 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 like um divinity original sin so you have one party oh but it's not mm. like you but you don't control the part like so you don't control dudes in the party separately but then when it's combat everybody gets like you know like the the units are divvied up between the players and you have to play okay. cooperatively but i mean it's cool because you can like have the you know you can you just yeah. experience the story together experience yeah exactly it's really cool and it's up to four people as well which is um quite a lot which is quite nice it's more than like for example like um um what am i thinking of what is it called well my brain wants to say warcraft and that's not what i'm thinking about um um um, um not fallout the other one that's like fallout it's on the tip of my tongue oh my god the third one what is it called help help um... The, the 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 post apocalyptic role playing game the third one just came wasteland three there wasteland, we go wasteland yes. three yeah because <laughs> wasteland three is co op but only two players so right you know this huh. one is well, a third of the cool. price and it's four players if you're into that like if you want to do it with other with you know together with friends gotcha yep. Yep. 
Well, I, I've got I've got one more. So that so, so that was War Tales once again. I've, yep. I've got one more game to cover before we go to news, um, unless Bellinger's got anything else he wants to talk no, about. No. But um, the the last game I've got here is Blocky Dungeon. Now this one will probably be a quick one. Um, yeah, I have a question. You guys like Tetris? Yes. Yes, I like Tetris. Okay. Do Do you like dungeon crawlers? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, okay, I'm well, down. What, what if Tetris was a puzzly dungeon crawler? <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's... It, it, Blocky Dungeon is a really weird control scheme, but it's kind of neat. Uh, so this is um, developer Square Anon's first game. Uh, I found this through Twitter GIFs like, I, sometime last summer. Um, and what looks like a really simple little dungeon crawler with Tetris pieces actually is kind of wild in the amount of mechanics it's got. Um, it's got a really good variety of enemies, and um, there's two or two modes of play. Uh, there's Endless, where you just, you know, play Tetris and dungeon crawl in it. And then there's Puzzles, or what they call Quests. The Puzzles are basically just, okay, you have a couple of specific restraints, and you have to try and achieve three different goals in, like, eight lines. And they're... They're, they're pretty good, uh, the puzzles. They're quite challenging. They're quite difficult to pull off in some cases. So it'll be like, kill two slimes, don't take damage, and get to the exit in under 12 lines. Um, stuff like that. And um, the puzzle side of it comes in where, by default, you have one attack power. Now, killing enemies levels you up. Um, and the way, the way the game works is there's you're either moving Tetris pieces or you're moving your character. If you place a Tetris piece, it ends your turn, and then the enemies get to go. So when you're moving, you have 10 stamina, and you can move 10, up to 10 tiles. Um, I'm going to kind of go down the mechanics and like give you a, kind of a brief explanation of how they all work. So HP is HP. Um, if you hit an enemy, you do one damage, and then they will hit you back and do one damage. There's no chance to hit. It's all guaranteed hits. But if you've broken something it gives you one attack power until the end of your turn. So if you break a box, you gain one attack power. If you've killed an enemy, you gain one attack power. And if you've completed a Tetris line, you gain one attack power. You complete Tetris lines by dropping, you know, a line of pieces and then hitting control or a, I don't know what the button on the control controller is, um, but, but, but you hit control and your character stabs the line in the ground and you gain one attack power for each line completed in that turn. So if there's two lines there and you have one attack power and you stab it with your sword, you'll go up to three attack power. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you kill an enemy and you have the exact amount of attack power that they have in HP, you gain one attack power. If you have more attack power, you go back down to one attack power. If you, if say an enemy has three HP and you have three attack power and you hit them once and they go down to one HP, you go down to one attack power. So you're trying to balance your attack power so that you have two attack power for the enemy that has two HP, then you go to the enemy that has three HP to ha hit them with three, and then you go to the enemy with four. And the game kind of gives you sets of enemies so that you can try and match your attack power with the enemy's HP so that when you run out of stamina and drop another Tetris piece resets back down to one attack power, you can then combo everybody again. Combine this with one more mechanic where you can break walls in the Tetris pieces or add in missing squares using hammers. 
Hammers are sometimes dropped from chests, which may or may not be mimics, and they can also come out of bins or be dropped by enemies. So you kind of take all of this and then throw in like potions and like your normal dungeon crawling affair, and you actually have a really deep little puzzle game that's also a pretty satisfying little dungeon crawler. Um, I definitely prefer the endless modes over the uh, puzzles. Uh, the puzzles are fun, but they're, they're not super replayable, and they're not the they're they're more like advanced tutorials in my opinion. Um, but the uh, the the endless modes and the various difficulties surrounding that are quite fun and satisfying as a little turn-based dungeon crawler thing. And I, I don't say roguelike because it's got almost nothing in it that makes it into a roguelike. It's very much just a it's just a dungeon crawler. But it it is cool. I. I quite like it, actually. Yeah, I have to admit, you had me until you said that whole with the, um, uh, you get, um, uh, if you, if you, if you do too much damage, you get back reset. That sounds frustrating to me personally. I mean, I know, I guess it, it helps you to, like, plan out and strategize your moves. It's it's it but turns into very much a like a, a little math game at that point. Yeah. But like also if you decide you don't want to deal with enemies, you could just drop them off the edge of the map using the mm. like making it make a Tetris, drop them off the map, but you, then you don't get experience, right? Yeah. So yeah, you, yeah, you, you don't get the extra HP and you don't get the uh, the the XP and the score. Um, so yeah. Yeah. yeah when, that, that's... when in a pinch, you can just drop them off the edge of the map, but then you don't get the the score for it. Mm. Everything sounds good except that mechanic to me personally. Like it sounds well thought out because it adds another challenge level, like layer to the game. But for me personally, that sounds a bit frustrating. Eh, fair. I found it quite enjoyable. <laughs> it sounds like it could get really but complex and fun very quickly. Very much so. Um, very quickly it turns into the, okay, I'm just going to sit here and stare at this for a minute and go, how do I save myself for this and then I, almost every time i've been able to save it until like you know if the uh tetris pieces reach the top you lose so you're also playing tetris mm. in there and it's it's not like the tetris is running in real time while you're playing a turn-based game like the you, you're either moving tetris pieces or you're moving your character so you have all the time in the world to plan mm. and such so it's definitely fun. a cool concept yep it's it's not the only game to do that concept uh, i i think i can think of a real a real-time variant of it a loot river which I can't remember who published that. Came out a little while ago with the Plague Doctors, and then there was a, another game that I played called Rogue Triss, which I think was a seven-day RL. Um, so it's certainly not the first time I've seen the concept attempted, but uh, it's a it's a neat execution of that concept. So if that's yeah. all the if that's all the games we have to talk about, I think it's time for us to go to news. What do you guys think? Sounds good. Yep. Sounds all good. right. Well, we'll be right back after this. And we're back with episode 65 of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. I'm uh, blind and I'm still hosting, joined by Bellinaire and FG Squared. And uh, so there is a game called King Under the Mountain, all right? Then there was another game called King Under the Mountain. Uh, King Under the Mountain was a kind of RimWorld-ish, top-down colony builder akin to Dwarf Fortress, um, but 2D. And the idea was like, yo, we're going to make a real-time Dwarf Fortress running in a more modern engine, but like it's going to be 2D. And then they had a Kickstarter, and they went to, I, I think, uh, one of the British, whatever, is it EGX? 
Anyway, they, they, they showed the game somewhere. They had a Kickstarter. The Kickstarter barely succeeded. And uh, then they were set to release an early access. And they had a publisher lined up. They released an early access. And then the publisher dropped them. <laughs> um, and then the game kind of sat there stagnant for a year. And now it's coming back on a new Steam page with a new name being re-released as Mountain Core. Um, and everybody who purchased the previous game is going to be credited with Mountain Core for free, I think. Yep. And people who backed it on Kickstarter already have keys for Mountain Core. It's still in early access, and it's the same developer, Rocket Jump Technology and all that. Um, and you can no longer purchase the original King Under the Mountain on Steam. Um, this is just a weird situation, and I, I'm just, like, I, I kind of just want to talk about it because this is a game that, you know, I'm, or I, I own and I've played. I played, like, 50 hours, I think, of uh, King Under the Mountain when it initially released in early access. And I, I guess I'm just, I'm curious as to what you guys think about this because this just seems like a weird situation all around. It definitely sounds really like we had it out. Like what, what's actually going behind the scenes? Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I I saw that because I I actually backed this game on Kickstarter mm, back in the day. because uh, it looked cool and you know I like I was intrigued. I think it's like um, a, one person. Yeah, it's studio it's, it's, or like it's one person. Yes, right. It's to like really really small, tiny thing, and um. I played it when it came out. Um, it was I played it really early, and it was very buggy, and it had like and stuff would break, and people would get stuck, and all that sort of stuff. But I was like, all right, cool, it was a cool idea. We'll see where it goes, and then it reminded it kinda... me a lot of the initial RimWorld demo alongside of their Kickstarter mm. when the early access released for uh, King Under the Mountain initially. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of never went back to it. I have to admit. Right, early access and this is yeah this is just they also really never patched strange. it though like it, it released it got like two patches or something and then they, they didn't touch it since like it, it's yeah. just been radial silence for like a year mm, yeah it's it's really it's really 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 strange um it it makes me wonder if like did is was there somebody else on the business account side of things that like they had to make a new Steam page? It it's it's not the renaming part that's weird, right? It's not the dropping of the publisher part that's weird. It's the we have a new Steam page now that's weird. Yeah. And the delisting of the old one. So mm. like... Especially especially cuz the thing is like they didn't announce that they have a had a publisher until June last year, so it's not even been that long. Yeah. So they were picked up, and then they must have been like dropped really quickly. Their their reasoning for getting dropped by the publisher that they posted publicly was due to competition in the marketplace for this type of game. And like, okay, so like what? There's Clan Folk. There's Dwarf Fortress. I would assume it's it uh, must Lords of it... Villains. Maybe they were just spooked by Dwarf Fortress. Maybe it's the fact that there was two games called King of the, Under the Mountain, and one of them has a new name now, which I I can't even remember what that one's called. Yeah, I I must be that Dwarf Fortress came out on Steam because when it first came out, right, there was n there was no Dwarf Fortress on 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 Steam, mm -hmm. and like a lot of the way how King of the Mountain worked was Dwarf Fortressy, right, rather than Rimworldy. So you had to make a zone and then you put something in the zone the workshop and then you make the bills for it and do that sort of stuff but 
I would actually say it's closer to clan folk. It's it, it yeah, was very yeah. very like, close to clan folk in the way clan folk plays. If anybody's played, yeah, much. though that clan, although clan folk also came up after, right? Like it mm -hmm. was um, King of the Mountain came first. So um, it must be that. It must be that because you know now people. Why would people go and play an unfinished early access game, buggy, rather than play? When you can just you go know, play Dwarf the Fortress. unfinished buggy Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's so much more to do in it. No, there's totally. so much more to do in it, <laughs> yeah. and it's not not buggy in that you're. I mean, obviously there are bugs in Dwarf Fortress and yeah, weird I, I, stuff I'm, happens. I'm, I'm but being tongue in cheek, but you know. Yeah, what I mean. yeah, yeah. Like right, it's it's it's. There's War Fortress a is a very day. complete experience. It's just a weird, quirky thing. It's like, do you want to play yeah. an uncomplete, weird, quirky thing or a very complete, weird, quirky thing? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it must, it must have just been something like that. Um, plus, like the whole, you know, economy kind of, meh, going a bit meh. It it sucks for the Mountain Core people because apparently they were going to bring on like a full-on dev team as well. Yeah. King, King uh, under the King under the mountain also always kind of seemed like a, a troubled, sad development because from what I what I've heard from the developers, I like he largely has a day job and has been working on this like six hours a weekend, kind yeah, of deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it's a it's a very scrap project. Like when when I see like a Kickstarter succeed and like I I look at it and I go, okay, well you raised twenty thousand dollars. It's like sure in certain country in certain countries in the world like that's that's two years wage but like it, the, the developer for this game lives in the uk so like that's yeah okay. <laughs> that's not gonna yeah, get you're not gonna get super months. far on that yeah um so yeah i don't know it's um it's a weird thing uh the the initial early access for king under the mountain didn't sell super well it was expensive nope. and uh i think it had mixed reviews looking at the steam page for king under the mountain right now it does have uh mostly positive reviews and 128 of them which is nothing um that's like what a thousand copies sold maybe possibly uh, i think i think like i i would guess Ish. like uh, one to five thousand copies sold yeah yeah um and i, th I want to say it was like thirty dollars canadian um it was pretty pricey, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember like that being an issue for people is that it was expensive. Um, mm. So I, I don't know what price point Mountain Core is going to be releasing at, but it releases in four weeks on the 18th of May. So um, I'll probably stream looks, that when it comes yeah, out because I'm, yeah. I'm interested. I, I mean, it, it looks like it's been updated a lot. The UI has been completely redone. Mm. Um, there's new art. Uh, I launched it briefly. I've, I've got ten minutes of playtime on it, and like it looks a lot nicer. I, I think the UI is a little bit mobile gamey uh, for me, but um, I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. I, I mean, I backed it on Kickstarter, so I, I will try it again because I obviously yeah, of course, of course, enough yeah. faith on the project to to try it again. Um, oh. But uh, weird one that definitely, definitely weird and and like unusual. Yeah. Speaking of weird and unusual, FG, do you want to talk to us about the clusterfuck? <laughs> oh, God, yeah, right? Oh, God, Ark. Yeah, Ark is back with another mess of things. Um, this time it's not um, them taking a DLC for Ark and making it its own game, aka, you know, Atlas. Um, so a while ago, the Ark people, Ark Survival Evolved, announced that they were going to make Ark 2 because apparently arc 2 is necessary and rather than just making more stuff with arc because i guess you can then sell the game full price to people again i you know just make the same game but sell it again i suppose makes more money than making dlcs i suppose um so 
this is this is uh this is something that unfolded over the week um the article that we link is a rock paper shotgun article um there were some announcements so arc 2 was supposed to come out this year um but that's not happening it's been pushed back to like late 2024 so let's let's say it realistically it's probably going to be 2025 at the earliest before that comes out um and then they announced vin diesel in it or am i imagining that no that's the TV aren't they making like a TV I, show thingy? Maybe, but like I'm, look, I'm looking at the art in this story, and it's like that that, that dude standing on that dino looks like Vin Diesel, but like... or it might be Vin Diesel in Arc Two as well. Yeah, maybe. I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for for the derailment there, but like no, 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 no. That's definitely a big. Yeah, no, I think it might be, might be that because I thought they were also gonna make like a. They were making an animated show. On an animated shows, I or think, yeah, movie. something like that. I don't know. It's I've, I haven't played, I haven't touched Ark. I just remember it having like, like I, I just remember Ark two slash with, with like Vin Diesel and Elliot Vin Page Diesel. or something. It was like a yeah. big big list of like actors. Yeah, that's but... what I remember as well. So, anyways, anyway, so <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, it's important, right? So, so that's not going to come out for yeah forever. So, what instead they're doing is they're releasing an unreal engine 5 version of arc survival evolved uh which is then called arc survival ascended because obviously if you can't sell a new game you're just gonna sell the same game uh for you know money again like so just to make money right right we'll just you just make a remastered version of this game and then sell it again to people um but the only way um, how they were going to sell it was they were going to say they were going to sell the Ascended version of the game, which would I think include the DLCs. It's not super duper um, clear. I think the DLC is technically part of that deal, but I'm not 100% sure. It's super convoluted. So what they were going to do is, uh, originally is sell the Unreal Engine 5 version of Ark for $50 but only in a bundle with Ark 2 for $90. So you couldn't buy the Unreal Engine 5 version alone. You could only spend $90 and already pre-purchase Ark 2. And of course people went absolutely crazy because this is nuts quite frankly so they pedaled back and they were like okay we're gonna decouple the games you can no longer buy the bundle instead you can purchase the unreal engine 5 upgrade for 60 dollars 60 dollars yeah, which, which shouldn't really be just a free update to the existing game yeah first of all that and then 60 dollars and then thirdly what they're doing is they're turning off the official arc survival evolved servers so they're only going to have servers for the unreal engine 5 version of the game can you still run private servers i would imagine so i think you can i hope you can yes <laughs> um but i mean to be fair who plays on official servers nowadays so there's this it's a you know it's a small, small fraction but like so they're turning those off and they're only going to have the server for the new so it's like it's another mess like it's it's 
it almost feels like worse than what they did with Atlas. I don't know. It's it's such a it's such a messy situation, and I don't know. And apparently, like, the Unreal Engine seems like whatever, Sorry, whatever they do, it's always like a massive thrash fire. Like every DLC, every mm. update, uh, like everything. Uh, every time you hear Ark in the news, it's some kind of a massive <laughs> thrash fire. Yeah. Yeah, they're either Absolutely. suing somebody or everybody's mad at them because they're charging for something. Or getting sued themselves. Uh... Yeah, or getting sued, yeah. yes. So they they seemingly have unlimited money, but also are always broke. And Yeah, it's know, weird. They they confuse me. It's like how are you always perpetually broke? Yeah, because especially I mean like I know a lot of people bought Ark. Like, a lot of mm -hmm. people played Ark when that came out. I mean, I guess people didn't necessarily buy all the expansions. And then the BR mode, nobody cares about the BR mode. I mean, right? Nowadays, especially. But, like, I, it doesn't feel like they should be losing this much money to be, to, to you know, me to milk people for all of that. I don't know. It, it's very odd. It's very, very, very odd. Um, but yeah, so that that's the that's the whole big arc story thing, and yeah, obviously people like rightly so were upset about that. You know, that bundling it and only being able to buy it and bundle and buy a game that you won't be able to play for another like at least one and a half years at this point, if not more, because it's not like it's guaranteed to come out next year. Arc two, that is. You know, who knows? Like, their track record, as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not 2025 or 2026 at that point. If it even comes out, I don't know. That's, that's bizarre. Just, yeah. That's bizarre. Bizarre, yeah. bizarre, bizarre. That's, I think, the best way to describe it. You know what isn't <laughs> I'd be bizarre? nice about it still. <laughs> you know what isn't bizarre and what isn't fucking up a business model um, is uh, DF Hack is released today on Steam for free. So if you yep. play Dwarf Fort and you're like, man, I want those advanced DF hack tools, uh, you can uh, just simply right-click install. It's like 80 megs and then just launch it independently. And if you decide, man, I don't want DF hack anymore, like I don't have the time, just don't launch it. It's great. Yeah, that's great support for can people you... who've been wanting that. Uh, it's always kind of hassle back Absolutely. in the day, especially in running like, DF hack separately next to it. Uh... used to always... Um, like have two installs of door for it one with df hack mm. one without df hacks because like i don't like playing with df hack running generally for me i use it more like debug tools uh but there are a lot of features in there for like planning tools and like automatic circles and stuff for people who want that sort of thing um mm. so they, it, it is there is a lot of expanded control options for people who who like that yeah and um maybe maybe, maybe you want to cheat and you want your doors to run at five times speed for a couple minutes to finish a big project or some or, or something <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you Maybe you just want to set something on fire or, or, or make like uh, a hundred thousand glass blocks appear. Um, you know, like there's, there's a lot of things that you can just make happen in DF hack that are kind of like Minecraft creative mode, I would say, um, in its functionality. So, um, it certainly is expanded for, for people who, who would like those site sorts of features. And, um, now all you need to do is simply launch it. Um, there's at the time of recording a beta branch for Dwarf Fort, and there's a bunch of people commenting in the forums that I can see right now, uh, that, uh, DF hack is not, uh, compatible with the beta branch. It is. You just need to put DF hack in the beta branch as well. Um, mm. but, uh. So, nice. so, so compatibility's there. Uh, DF has been working on um, its uh, DF hack compatibility. So ideally, at some point in the future, it'll just be one to one, instead of having to like you know wait for DF hack to update for those people who 
want DF hack to be running concurrently. So nice. Um, I just yeah. want it for auto butchering. <laughs> That's all I want it for. <laughs> yep. No auto butcher. Um, uh, a lot of auto dump. Um, you, you don't need to worry about emptying buckets anymore, though, because uh, in in the beta branch of Dwarf Fortress for the next update, uh, dwarves can now use half full buckets. So if <gasps> for somehow nice. a bucket evaporates partially, it's no longer just like an anomalous half full bucket that will just sit there for all eternity. <laughs> yeah. I feel a bit the like. Now I'm just imagining like this group of dwarves just sitting on the floor, cross-legged, their elbows like on their knees, and just like their their the face like the head in there, like like just resting in their hands, just looking at this half full bucket, just going like, I don't know what we're gonna like. What are we gonna do about <laughs> what this? What, what guys? It's just, we're, we're stuck. It's it's, it's there's half, just water, it's... but there's not enough water. What do we do? It's not enough water to use it for anything. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, it just counts it as a full bucket now. So they, nice. they can get it. Oh, also, my my favorite thing that they they've added in the beta branch for the for the DF patch. Sorry, I'm just talking about Dwarf Fortress now. Um, they've re-indexed the entire set of items, so the stock screen now opens immediately, no matter how many items you have. Oh really? Nice. Oh nice. So, so it's it's no longer That's like you good. click the stock screen and then patiently wait for ten seconds yeah, while it figures out where the eight thousand blocks are. It, yeah, now you just open I'm, the stock screen. Oh, nice. Because I'm definitely not a hoarder, and I definitely don't accumulate mm. way too much stuff ever. <clears throat> yeah, I've that's definitely good. done some community forts on my YouTube channel where I clicked the uh, stock screen and <laughs> then the game crashed. <laughs> so, like, like I, I've had some people send me forts, and they're like, yeah, don't open the stock screen. <laughs> How many blocks do you have? Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dwarf Fortress is, is nice. uh, fun, shall we say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. And it's cool. also definitely uh, not buggy and 100% finished. And um, definitely don't well, weird things never, ever happen in Dwarf Fortress. No. Great game. Thumbs up. Only features. No bugs. Uh, but uh, yep. now DF Hack has its own Steam page. So go play a DF with DF Hack. Um, but uh, I think that brings us to the end of this episode of the Halcyon Frequency Podcast. It's good to have you back, Bell. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yep. Yeah. Welcome and, back. Um, it's been a hot so, minute. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the three of us on, a, on an episode together. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think it's time for us to uh, kind of wind down this episode of the podcast. So, um, Bellinaire, who are you and where can people find you on the internet? Well, from tomorrow again, you can find me on Twitch. TV slash or something like that. And then everywhere else, I'm Bellinaire TV, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, everywhere. And uh, FG, who are you and where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm FG squared, FG for short. I'll be back again live Monday morning, UK time. But in the meantime, you can just find me at uh, fgsquared.tv that has links to everything else. And uh, I'm blind. You can find me at stupidskull.com or blindirl on most social medias and at blindirl at mas.to on Mastodon because screw Twitter. Uh, at current time of recording, the podcast is the 85th ranked podcast in video games uh, bracket leisure on iTunes <laughs> in Poland. And, uh, Still, the, Poland! <laughs> strong! Shout out to nice. Poland. And yeah. uh, 138th uh, uh, in video games bracket leisure, um, or leisure bracket video games, um, uh, in Austria. So Nice! Austria represents. Very yeah, good. and uh, we are the 72nd uh, most popular podcast in Honduras. <laughs> nice. Yay, Honduras. Still ranked in Honduras. Nice. Trending in archaeology um, next and, week. Uh, <laughs> yes, de 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 definitely. Nice. Um, and uh, 
um, the uh, if you want to get more episodes of the podcast, you can find that at uh, halcyonfrequency.com. If you want, if you want to help out the podcast and help us get ranked, go leave us a review on uh, iTunes, and maybe we we will read it out on this podcast. Uh, it's been a while since we got a review, so uh, reviews are always appreciated. And um, if if you would like to uh, talk about this podcast, you can do that on the Halcyon Frequency Community Discord. And if the podcast does not show up on a podcast platform of your choice, please let me know, and I will make it show up there. And uh, aside from that, give us a follow on Spotify and whatever the heck else you do on uh, podcast platforms. Uh, music is by Peter Pohl and Paul Mile. And uh, if have new episodes go up every Sunday, so uh, till next week, don't don't change that dial. This is Halcyon Frequency signing off. <laughs> <laughs>